This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. It's a holiday weekend, kind of the official end of summer and all that stuff, and people coming back and settling into the daily routine of school. And I know that there's a lot of mothers who are glad that school's back in session because you got your life back again, and that's kind of fun. And I know there's kids that are excited to get back to school for about three days. <laughs> yeah, right. And then reality bites. So I just want to welcome you along uh, this morning to church. And uh, we're going to have a great time this morning. We have, we have uh, a church service that's a little unusual, but boy, it's, uh, I think it's going to be packed with power. It's going to be a great message in it for all of us. So I want to welcome you along on that journey as well. Uh, When you walked in this morning, you walked right underneath a sign as you came out of the lobby that said that the purpose of this church that God has given us is to connect people with God and others, develop them as followers of Christ, and move them into lifestyles of service. Because you're at church, it's obvious that you have a desire to connect with God and hopefully to connect with other people who have a desire to connect with God. We want to help you along on that. So if uh, all of us would take out from our programs this long skinny card right here. It's a connect card and it's a primary tool that helps us make that happen and we want to make an investment in you this week, all of you. So uh, we get started on that journey by filling up, putting our names in that contact information box at the bottom of the side that says start here. I'd like to ask all of us to do that. And then if this is your first time here or you previously have not given us your contact information, uh, would you be so kind as to put as much contact information down there as you're comfortable with? We will handle that with integrity, um, but we would love to be able to get some resources in your hand that will really help you connect with God. And uh, so... As soon as you trust us with that information, we can get started on that journey. We are wrapping up a Servolution teaching series. It's been two months. It's been a great summer for us as a church. And we're very excited to do that this morning. I have a couple of other things that I need to say by way of business before I get into teaching you for just a few minutes. And one is you will notice we have communion tables set up around the auditorium. Could do something a little different this morning. Uh, we have some uh, worship songs uh, coming up uh, later in our worship. Uh, at any point during one of those songs that you feel led uh, to participate in communion, please feel free just to go back to one of the tables or over here to one of the tables and, uh, and help yourself to communion. Take as much time as you need alone with God. Uh, as you remember the death of Christ and celebrate that with the rest of us. So if you're, if you're waiting for sort of the official announcement to go do that, you won't get one this morning. This is your official announcement, So, uh, uh, and you may get a reminder of that a little bit later on um, this morning. Now, in terms of teaching... In Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes and says, Don't use your freedom to indulge your selfish and sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. 
Well, that's really what Servolution has been all about. We started two months ago, and uh, the first segment of our journey was how to serve our church. And, and we have dozens of people who are test-driving new ministries in our church and doing things in God's kingdom that they probably never thought that they would do. What a great thing, because God is moving in their hearts. And then we moved out into serving in our community. And uh, you, some of you will remember, at least 230 of, you, of us will remember, that a few weeks ago, we went out and in 20-plus different locations around our community as a church, we just served unselfishly. Some of us picked up trash. Some of us collected food that went to homeless shelters. Some of us uh, went down and, and worked in the city park. Some of us spread bark dust. Some of us built flower boxes. Some of us read the, pa- the newspaper and, and sat and talked with people uh, in assisted living places. It, it was just a, a whole plethora of things that we did. But they were all good, and they all had one thing in common. They were unselfish things that we did purely and simply to bless other people. It's still a testimony in our community. And then in the last couple of weeks, we've moved on into how can we serve our world. And uh, Monday through Friday, if you participated in the Beans and Rice Challenge, how about a shout out about that? Was that awesome or what? That was awesome. I got tired of beans. Did you get tired of beans and rice? Have you ever had the pastor say, be careful what you ask God for? I happen to be married to a very good cook, and she can make almost anything taste really good. So my prayer on day one is, God, thank you for Monica, but please, in the process, would you help me get tired of beans and rice? Because if I have a fresh recipe every day and it just tastes good, I won't feel like I made any sacrifice at all. And when you know it, we got up on Saturday morning and without, she didn't even realize the irony of it. She said, oh, today we can eat whatever we want. Would you like me to fix a, a, an egg over rice? I said, you're kidding, right? And she went, oh, yeah, that wouldn't be so good, would it? <laughs> but, you know, it was fun to be able to. So why did we do that? Because we wanted to relate with 4 billion people. That's over half of the people in our world who live on $2 a day or less. And mostly what they have is beans and rice. And we said to God, we want to know what that feels like a little bit. We want to be able to relate to them. And then this morning, we're going to be taking up an offering to build a church building. And this will be our second church building to build in India. Take a look. we got a little video clip of the interior of one we've already built. So what do you think? Isn't that great? That, yes, that's a building that we built for a church in India, and we're getting ready to build a second one. We're going to be taking up an offering a little bit later, and I'll let Kevin and Justin tell you exactly how the mechanics of that are going to work. But uh, this morning we have the wonderful privilege to partner with a church in India and say we can do something for you because God has blessed us with abundance. 
we can do something for you in one week, actually in one day, that, you, that would take them a lifetime to even begin to think of doing that. So this is going to be a great time. Now, I want to teach you just a little bit more, and then I'll, I'll move on to the rest of the morning. When Paul says, don't use the freedom that you have in Christ to indulge your sinful nature, there's a reason behind that. Jesus came. He said very clearly, He came to set us free. And He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And He said, if the Son, referring to Himself, if the Son of God sets you free, you will truly be free indeed. But here's an amazing thing. I want you to think that there's a jail over here. Picture it in your mind. There's a jail, and there's a person in jail, and Jesus comes to set them free. And over here, there's a beautiful mountain scene with a river that flows out of the mountain and and a beautiful uh, meadow at the bottom of it. And Jesus said, I came to bring you from this, and I want to put you here. That's a great thing. So when Christ sets you free, you have the opportunity to do whatever you want with your life. But I want you to hear me carefully. If you decide to use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature, and by the way, we tend to think of that in terms of people who are going to lie or cheat or steal or murder or commit adultery or all those things. Before I broaden that definition, what you need to know is if you and I decide to use our freedom to, to indulge our sinful nature, it takes us right back to jail. You ever play Monopoly and you land on the thing that says, go to jail, do not pass, go, do not collect 200 bucks? Yeah, that's what indulging in your sinful nature does. It takes you right back in jail. But listen, if you decide instead, here, here's the flip side. The flip side is use your freedom to serve one another in love. If you decide to use your freedom to serve one another in love, it's like a rocket booster that takes you to the mountains. The more you serve, the faster you get to the mountains. The more you serve, the further you get away from jail. The more you serve, the more fulfillment you find in life. Because you see, most of us don't end up in jail because we murdered somebody or because we slept with somebody else's spouse or because we embezzled. Most of us end up back in jail just because we decided to be selfish. Does that make sense to anybody? And servolution has been a wonderful way to call us out of that natural selfishness to learn how to live in the last part of our mission statement, lifestyles of service. The balance of the morning, we're going to hear three stories from people because oftentimes when I stand up here and preach, there's something that goes through our minds and go, Pastor, that looks really good in the Bible. That looks really good in theory, but will that really work in real life? We're going to hear three stories, how it really has worked in real life. Three people right here this morning. So the first is a mother of two small children, born in the state of Ohio, recently took a mission trip down into Mexico, and uh, she's going to come and tell her story. Would you welcome with me Elise Paulina? Good morning. 
God writes his story through us. Last week, Ron spoke about how when we go all in with God, he gives us a new power, a new purpose, and a new perspective to do his work. I'd like to tell you about the story that God is starting to write through me. I remember days back when I first had our son, Logan. I was a stay-at-home mom, and I felt like I had no real purpose. I was nursing, changing diapers, sitting in an empty house day in and day out. Those were some of the loneliest days of my life. I remember literally crying out to God to make something of me. I wanted to do something, be something, have importance and purpose. Fast forward to March of 2012. I was reading a book called The Power of a Whisper with some other folks in our church. In the middle of the book, I heard God say to me, I have big plans for you. I want you to do great things for me. Will you come with me? I replied, well, let me see how it turns out for Bill, who was the author of the book. (laughs) Now I laugh about that because it seems so ridiculous that I would respond that way. But I was afraid of what he might ask me to do or give up or change. About a week later, still not done with the book, as I was backing our truck into the garage, I clearly heard his voice again. Are you ready? It only took me a moment to decide I was in. I was going to let God have his way with my life, my family, and my future. Months went by, and I heard nothing else about this great and mysterious life commitment that God had called me to. Then the Mexico missions trip was advertised. My husband, Bob, and I were both very interested in going. We loved to serve, and we thought this would just be a great adventure. We had a -a two-and-a-half-year-old son named Logan and an 11-month-old daughter named Kelsey at the time of the missions trip. We told God that if he provided childcare, then we would know he wanted us to go. He did provide, and we excitedly made our plans. I wouldn't trade my time in Mexico for anything. Actually, Bob and I still talk about how we miss being there. Being in Mexico opened my eyes to what felt like another planet. I looked at the cardboard boxes that the families were living in and cringed, thinking about the times I've complained about cleaning, laundry, and taking care of our property. I was blown away and humbled when the mother of several children was so thankful for the hot dogs, chips, and punch that we served them. My heart was broken for the children who didn't receive baths, love, food, guidance, or other necessities until they came to the orphanage, uh, to the daycare there every morning. While I was in Mexico, God revealed to me the great passion he has given me for children, children all over the world, even here in the United States. I have a deep desire to teach kids and show them the love of Jesus Christ, to lead them into life-changing relationships with him, to go deeper than Sunday morning and show them what life could be like if they live it with him. It is amazing to me that God chose children to be my passion. I come from drug and alcohol-addicted homes where I long to be loved and guided and treasured, all the things that I'm passionate about teaching to kids. He's redeeming my past and making something beautiful from the ashes. During the worship in Wednesday night church service in Mexico, I felt the Holy Spirit again speak to me about my future. He told me he wanted me to cultivate people's hearts, especially children's, and that this trip was just a preview of what was to come in our lives. It was so fun for me to go back to Bob and tell him what I felt God saying. When I did, he responded by agreeing with me and telling me that he thought that he would enjoy doing what Barry does. Barry was our affectionate, crazy, super fun... (laughs) coordinator for the whole trip. He planned our time, he navigated for us, showed us the ins and outs, told us what water we should drink, and was basically our go-to guy while we were down there. 
I am always amazed to see God working to bring people's hearts together for his will, including a married couple's. After about a month of being back in the U.S., I attended a training for a children's evangelism curriculum that we are looking at using in the kids' construction zone, which is our ministry here for kids ages 6 through 12. I am the administrator for that ministry, so I drove down with my admin hat on, prepared to just check this curriculum out to see if it was a good fit for us. When I arrived and the welcome DVD started to play, God got my attention once again. Take this to Mexico, is what I heard. And after a few moments, I thought, okay, I can do that, and settled back in my seat to continue watching. As I sat and watched, I thought, this is great material. I love everything about it. I can't wait to take it back for our team to teach. I instantly heard, you teach it. (laughs) Now, I already told you, I am an admin. (laughs) I am on that spot on purpose. I don't particularly like being in the limelight, but I would rather be uncomfortable for a little while and have the possibility of falling flat on my face than running from this opportunity and missing out on being part of writing history for God. Coming out of this time span of a couple months, God has given me three visions, all of which touch people's hearts for him. He has given me importance and purpose through his plan, which is just what I was crying out to him for. I don't know where he will take me, but I wouldn't trade my journey with him for anything. I'd like to leave you with this verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I am no different than anyone else, and I have no special qualifications. God has already written your story. He has already prepared good works for you to do. The best thing I can say is to tell you the blessing that getting into God's story has been in my life and cheer you on to find the courage to do the same. Thank you. Thanks, Elise. Well, you guys can go ahead and grab a seat. Hey, if we haven't met yet, my name's Kevin, and I get to work here along with Ron and a whole bunch of great people, and I have the privilege of introducing the person who's going to share the next story with us. Like Ron said, you know, we wrapped up this series by talking about God's big story and then how he wants to write that story through us. And so as we were praying and thinking about this, we thought, what better way to wrap this series than just to tell some stories, to hear some stories of people whose lives are being changed and who, through them, God is changing other people's lives. He's writing other people's stories. So my hope for you and our hope for you is that you find your story, the story that God has for you to write, as you hear their stories this morning. Well, as you know, we talk about this on a regular basis. When we come together as the church community and we give our tithes and our offerings, part of that goes to the ministry God is doing here, but part of it goes to ministries that God is doing all around the world and all around our country. And we have the privilege this morning of hearing from a pastor who is just an incredible guy. He really is. I've had the chance to sit with he and his wife, and they're amazing. Uh, They were working at a church, a large church, when God called them to plant a church in Santa Rosa. And Ron is connected with them, and so our church has begun supporting this church and partnering with this church because he heard God's call, and he heard God drawing he and his family to a new place to start a new ministry in an unknown area. And uh, God is writing an amazing story through them. And so I wanted you to hear his story, the story of the community that they're starting, and to know that 
your giving and your prayers are impacting communities not just in India, not just in Mexico, but actually as close as Santa Rosa right in our backyard. So it's very, very exciting. By the way, we have a whole group of people going up to partner with this church community. It's called Living Roots to partner with this church community tomorrow as they do a barbecue in their neighborhood. We're just sending some folks to go and serve and to cook and do some fun stuff like that. And actually, there's more information in your nutshell in your program about that. But right now, would you join me in welcoming up just an amazing guy, Art Senna. Would you join me in welcoming Art? Here you go, my friend. Thanks, Kevin. Good to see you guys this morning. Good to see you guys this morning. I didn't hear anything over here. Well, I want to share a little bit about what's going on in Santa Rosa, but first, so this church that I used to work at was over in Reno, Nevada, and uh, so I'm, I'm working on staff there, doing some great things, and just three years before that, I was sitting where you're at right now, you know, so be thinking about that, <laughs> right? It's pretty exciting. So I'm sitting where you guys are at, and then I hear God in the back of my head say, hey, I have something more going on for you. And then I ended up in a spot serving with a congregation in Reno, Nevada. And uh, that was pretty fun, exciting. And a friend of mine from Costa Rica came over, came up. He said, God put this on my heart for a year and a half. And I've been praying about this every single day. And I believe he's given me a a word for you. I said, why couldn't you have emailed me? (laughs) He says, well, it has a lot to do with you not being here very long. And I said, what do you mean about that? I mean, tell me more. He says, that's it. I said, you've come from Costa Rica to Reno, Nevada to tell me I'm not going to be here very long. He said, yes. And 10 months later, we're on a move to Santa Rosa. We had no intentions of planting a church. And um, God said, this is, this is what's going on. So through obedience, my wife and I started searching and looking for places to plant a congregation to be obedient in that calling, and Santa Rosa popped up on the radar. I've never been to Santa Rosa. I didn't know what it looked like. I had no clue. All I knew about Northern California was Sacramento was up here. That was Northern California to me. And then there was San Francisco, but I thought those were weirdos, so I never went to San Francisco. I was... (laughs) I was from Southern California and spent my whole life there. But uh, so my wife and I moved to Santa Rosa this past January, and uh, we're really excited. We arrived. It is a be- this place is beautiful. We, we didn't know this place was so beautiful. So I tell people, I, I'm in heaven. This is so nice. This place is so nice. So we're here in Santa Rosa. We've been here seven and a half months, and my wife and I have just been blessed to just meet uh, folks here, and uh, we had uh, our plan. So people ask, okay, what's your plan? What, what team are you going with? Because when you launch a congregation, you go with a number of families. So you take probably four or five families, about 40 people, and then you go launch a congregation. So people would ask, and I said, well, it's, it's me and my wife and my three kids, five years old, two, and six months. <laughs> They're like, okay. So I was like, you and what army? What are you going to do here? So we get to Santa Rosa, and our plan was just to love people. God will bring people, and we will love them. And so we started loving people. The second week we were there, this 
family I met on one of my visits to Santa Rosa in Mary's Pizzeria or something. We just started carrying a conversation, and I said, hey, can I get your email? I'd like to get to know this place, and you guys live here. That would be great. Well, they came over for a meal two weeks after we moved here, so February 1, and they were eating in our home, and they wanted to know why we were here, so we told them everything. We're Jesus freaks. We love God with all of our hearts, mind, and soul, and strength. And they said, okay, that's great. And we get done with conversation, and they said, can, can we be a part of this church plant thing? I said, yeah, sure, come on board. That'd be fantastic. And then on the way out that night, uh, the wife turns back and says, so when do we start? I said, I think we did. I think tonight was it. This is it, I think. This is what it looks like. And so from, from we, that was a Thursday. That Sunday they came back and we hung out, opened the Bible, started reading it. So there were about three or four of us in the living room, minus my kids. And the next weekend there was another family. The next weekend there was another family. And today there's, there's 40 plus folks in our living room. And it's been a really blessing to just love the people God's been bringing and uh, just uh, opening the door to them. So we try to have barbecues every other month to the community to bless them, to let them know. Christians know how to party. And this is what it looks like to have fun. Because the kingdom of God is here now. And we're going to have a good time. And so uh, we, we're doing that tomorrow. And um, so we, we meet weekly with 40 folks. And we gather on Thursday nights, and it's called the gospel community. We call it a gospel community. A lot of congregations call them something else, maybe small groups, core groups, life groups. We call them gospel communities. And uh, in our gospel community, we talk about four things. We answer these questions. Who is God? What has he done? Who are you? And what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to live? Because God has a story. He's writing through all of us, and he wants to use himself the, the, the knowledge of what he's done through Christ and then Christ himself and to, to change us and to live out this story. And so some of us are working that out. Some of us are having these nudgings from the Holy Spirit now, and uh, I think that's exciting. And so we're, we're going through these questions every week. We hang out, we talk, we develop just friendship and uh, live out what God is doing there. We, uh, so we have gospel communities. We have DNA groups, which are discipleship groups. And we throw these awesome parties every other month. There's about 10, 11, 12 folks who have signed up to join us, which we'll have one tomorrow. And uh, they'll get to see how much fun we have. And uh, what else? Okay, so also we've had, let's see, three people give their lives to Christ in seven months, which is awesome. And we've had, uh, let's see, one one baptism and two more today, this afternoon. So at 2 o'clock, we're going to baptize two more people in our baptistry, which is the pool in my backyard. So we found this house. It was great. The landlords are like, hey, so, so yeah, you guys got a pool? And I'm like, no, that's a baptistry. They said, what? I'm like, that's what it's going to be used for. So we're doing that today, and then tomorrow we're going to have a blast and continue to see what God has in store. And I really appreciate you guys so much because there's a handful of congregations that have partnered with us. You guys are the closest. I feel like family with you guys because you're so close and you're a part of what we're doing prayerfully, financially, the staff. It's been a really neat thing because right now it's like a staff of one, you know, over there. 
there's not much going on. So to hang out with guys like Ron and Kevin, it's just been a great, great thing. So I thank you guys so much for everything. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, can we, can we pray for Art right now and for the work that God's doing through him? Would you guys just join me in praying for him? And if, if it's not too weird for you, just kind of put out your hands as a way of saying, you know what, I'm praying for this guy up on stage, and Lord, would you just meet with him right now? So let's pray for Art. Lord, thank you so much for Art and his family. What a gift it is to hear his excitement and passion for the work that you're doing, uh, for following you in your story as he wrote uh, a very new chapter, a very different chapter for him. Thanks for calling him to Santa Rosa, calling his family. Thank you for the gospel community that you're forming, Lord. Would you continue to develop them in what it means to, to see you, see what you've done, and then live their lives according to uh, all the work that you've done in and through them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, man. I have the privilege of bringing up one more person to tell their story. And this person has, over the course of the last year, become one of my best friends. And I was sharing with a group of guys on Thursday morning in our life group, what is it that makes someone a friend? What is it that makes someone that we actually want to spend time with, want to follow? And we all decided it's not that they're perfect, because otherwise none of us would have any friends. It would be very sad. It's that they're moving somewhere that they hear something, they see something, something stirs in them, and it takes them on a journey. It takes them somewhere. And this guy, more than anybody I know, when he hears something from God, it moves him to action. And that's why he's become one of my best friends. So would you join me in welcoming up the one, the only, Justin Bartlow. And there is actually more than one Justin Bartlow in the world. But, and my, least... my one and only. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your wife's one and only, and I'm trying to tag along for the ride. Okay, okay, good. Justin Bartlow. Right. Does that Sounds work? Good. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's that good. Works. Yeah, okay. Uh, after that introduction. Yeah. Yeah, Nowhere may... to go but down. All right. <laughs> wow. We're actually going to go back and forth, so who knows? Get ready. We'll have lunch served in about an hour, uh, and we'll be here all day. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your your journey to India was about 14 months ago with a team from New Life. Uh, you sensed God calling and stirring you to go, and you'd never been to India. But that thing that draws me to you and our friendship is that when you sense God saying to go, you go. And so I want us to talk a little bit about that. Uh, just hear some thoughts on it. And then in a little bit, as you've shared a little bit of your story, we're going to have that time to uh, take up that offering for the church in India. So it's going to be a really special time as uh, the gifts we've brought and set aside as an act of worship, we're going to get to bring those uh, to lay before God for him to use. So it's going to be a really exciting time. Justin. Justin. Yes, sir. When you got to India, what was, what was the thing that you didn't expect? What was that, that, wow, that really caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. That really hit you when you showed up in India. Well, you... You, you, you hear lots of stories about different things and uh, the driving and um, the amount of people and all that, but I don't think you really grasp it until you're, you're in it. When you're making that first trip and you kind of fear for your life just a little bit, you got a little bit of that fear and, um, because it really is a, it's like the Wild West out there for driving. And um, you, you just can see just there's people everywhere. It's just, it was really... Um, uh, eye-opening. I've been to Mexico and um, seen some tough stuff, 
but um, there's just a lot of there's a lot of people, and they live in a lifestyle that's um, a lot different than we're used to. But one of the the amazing things about being there that I, I guess I didn't really expect was just how much they love they how much joy they have and how much they don't really think about their circumstances necessarily they're just there to live and love God and just it was really cool to to be a part of, of that and to see that in their lives what did you enjoy most about your time in India could have been with your team could have been with folks who were, what was that that thing that you brought home I think it was, I'm not a people person, um, but it actually was the people. We had like these three guys, um, John on the drums was one of our uh, musicians that went with us, and there was these three guys that just kind of we hung out with, we called them the three amigos, and it was just really fun to kind of be in their presence and, and get to teach them stuff and them teach us about the, the culture, and just, I loved learning the culture, I loved um, interacting with the people, and I mean... In that little video, you saw me wearing a uh, little skirt. You know, I, I, just, I love to jump in. I even try to learn some of the language. You love the um, clothes. Love the clothes. Yeah. I wear, try to learn some of the language. He wears it around the office sometimes. It's very exciting. <sighs> no. But you will now. I have to now. <laughs> yeah. So, Don't make anyway, me a liar. Just, uh, just getting to interact with the people and, and forming relationships. Um, yeah. That's, that's it. I mean, it's the relationships that change our lives when we go on short-term mission projects. Elise was saying the same thing, seeing the families living in cardboard houses, not having food, that kind of stuff, and forming relationships. That's where life change happens. Um, tell us one, and, and you've told me there have been a few. Tell us one of the scariest moments you had, because I think we all know there's some level of danger and excitement as we chase down what God has for us. So tell me one scary moment. Besides the driving, which is a given. Um, there is great, they, their electricity grid, I, I don't get it. It's like that rat's nest of stuff that you pull out from the box, you know, wires. That's like everywhere. And, I mean, I'm watching one guy, uh, you know, hooking up something and, and just like trying to pull things off in, in, in these giant wires. Well, our first um, place we went to, uh, you're supposed to take your shoes off, and I took my shoes off and went inside and... We, we plugged everything in, and we got it all going, and you can hear the generator going in the back. And I was a little nervous. I'd kind of almost been electrocuted uh, in 99 <laughs> on another mission trip outdoors when it started raining, and I'm playing guitar. And explains you know, a lot. So I go to grab the guitar first thing, and it's like, I got electrocuted a little bit, you know, like, yikes. And um, so that was my first uh, scary experience. I just kind of said, okay, God, you're in control because I'm not going to not play. Um, I'm here to, this is what I'm supposed to do. So uh, put my shoes back on, nice thick rubber soles, and just prayed we'd make it through it. And it, it, it was fine. But it was one of those, like, this is crazy. This is kind of nuts that we're, we're going that for this. But all right. I guess if go you're going to go out, worshiping God is the way to go. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. In my sleep, we're worshiping God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't are, quaking. Uh, that's you know, good. I was... Uh, and what kind of impact did your team have? As people are thinking about, man, should I go on a short-term trip? Does it make any sort of impact? What kind of impact do you feel like your team had in India? Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, you get so much out of it when you go that you, sometimes you later reflect and go, oh, well, I got a lot out of this. What did, did I make a difference, though? And when you 
kind of step back and you go, what did we do? I just, I realized it was, it was one of those things where I started adding it up. And it was, it was really kind of neat to, to add it all up. We had a team of people that uh, educated their, the educators on how to teach English because it's a, a school that teaches English and really give them tools to help them do that in a better way. Um, then we had a group of pastors that were teaching the pastors um, Bible and how to lead their congregations. And then we had a worship team that was um, getting to be a, an influence in, there's, there's a draw in having a, an American you know, band that brings people in for um, evangelism. And we got to leave a drum set there and leave a guitar amp for them, for them to use at that church. And um, just a lot of fun things. <coughs> and <clears throat> I think we really made a difference. I'm like getting choked up. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, think, I think we really made a difference. And it was a, it was a fun, powerful time. And then I think the biggest impact was probably in my life just to kind of get out of my own element and see that and be a part of something else. That's awesome. So here's the million-dollar question. You know the answer. You better know the answer. (laughs) Jesus. Yes, the answer. Yeah, that's the answer. Wow. Yeah. All right. Should people go? Should people go on a mission trip? Yeah, and you're not going to... Yes, you should, of course. Every person should go on a mission trip in their lifetime. Um, And you're not going to want to um, when you get that call. You know, and it isn't always that audible voice. It might be that person saying, uh, we need worship people, and um, guess what? You're it. You know? I'm like, okay. And that's your call. Whatever your call might be, it might be one of those, but you should, when you get that call, yeah, definitely listen to it and go do it. Just Absolutely. Don't say no. That's awesome. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Justin's going to sit up here because he's got a surprise for you, but let's give him a hand. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.